to talk about what is your speed limit. Last week we talked about it a little bit and we, we touched on it. And then Wednesday night, uh, Brenda brought up a, a topic about the speed limit. And so I'm going to address that and tie, I'm going to sort of finish up last week because I, I think it's important. Uh, it's important for us to, you need to know what your speed limit is. Amen. Now, I did a, I, I was in a, a, a session with a couple of, some, a couple of guys, four or five guys, and we we're talking about the gospel. And, and it, it shocked me, I, and, and I, I think it might shock you a little bit, but see, I want to be right. You know, the most important thing we can do is declare the gospel to someone, right? That's probably the most important thing we can do. And so I got to look, and y'all go to First, uh, first Corinthians 15 and go to, go to 3, First Corinthians 15, 3. This is the gospel of grace, salvation message that the Apostle Paul received from my Savior Jesus Christ after he had rose from the dead. This is something I had never seen. Had you seen it? You had not again. You should have. I'm disappointed in you. Look at this a second. What do we say is the gospel? To believe in the death, burial, and resurrection. For I delivered unto you first of all that which I also received. How that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. It's not, I want to make sure we're right. Make sure we're right. It's not just the fact he died. It's how he died. He was crucified. You got me? You see? And guess the only Bible that has that in it is which one? The King James. All those got something else. All, even the New King James. So I'm just trying to help y'all. It's important when you talk to somebody, not just that Jesus died for your sin, Jesus was crucified for your sins. He died on the cross for your sins. You see, you see the difference in the two? He died, what did he die of? I mean, food poisoning? I mean, you know. But I'm not trying to be a stickler, but if we're going to deliver the gospel, we need to deliver it correctly. I mean, you want to work, don't you? And you ain't going to talk anybody to get saved. But it's the gospel of what changes them. Amen? So we go with that. You see that. It's how he died. It's how he died on the cross. Last week I had several questions after service. And uh, one person, uh, one person, they don't even go here. And they sent me a long, uh, a long uh, email message asking me some questions about it. I'm going to try to address those today as best I can. You know how some people ask you, God, you know how some people will ask you, a gotcha question? You know what that is, right? They don't really want to know they want to get you. You can, you can pick up on that right there, can't you? All right, anyway, these people are not. They were, they're not that way. They're, it's a real, they're really good people, and, and, and I, I trust them, and they're very sincere in what they're asking. And so I'm going to try very hard to answer their question today. All right, we talked about do you believe all the Bible? Oh, yeah, I believe all the Bible. Well, you ain't even read all the Bible. How many of you have, don't, don't raise your hand, how many, how many people have not, have you read all the, don't raise your hand, have you read all the Bible? No, I mean most of it. I have read all of it. Well, I might have skipped a little bit in Leviticus, okay. But how can you say you believe it if you've never read all of it? Now, listen to me. I know it's true. 
God's word is absolutely true. There are no errors, no mistakes. It's different than knowing it's true and believing it all. Do y'all see that difference? All right, make sure you do. Make sure. Well, I'm gonna try to explain that today, because it. <laughs> I'm really trying. My my whole point is, you know, all you know is all you know. That's all you know. Some of us know more than others. Some of us know less than others. My question is, how can you believe it and then not do it? How can you believe it and then not do it? Uh, this happened on Wednesday, so this is pretty fresh. We're talking about it, and I made a reference last week about the speed limit. Lots of places is 55, right? 55 miles. Well, do you believe that? Well, why you drive 60? Why you drive 65? Well, let me just, I mean, you, you understand? I, I, yeah, because really 55 ain't the speed limit. The speed limit is where they're going to give you a ticket. And it might be, you might have Nate. Nate might let you slide. <laughs> you might have somebody else say, no, you know, no, man, you, the speed limit, you know, you're going 62. So the speed limit is really, in your mind, is how fast you can go without getting a ticket. And you know that's true. How fast can I go without getting a ticket? Normally, you know, you probably go 62 probably. Would y'all say it's pretty fair? Do, do, you might, do, they tell the, do they tell anybody how fast they can go before they give tickets? Is, are, are, are deputies instructed, like, if it's 55, you can't give a ticket unless it's so much? <laughs> now, now I'm, ser I'm very serious. You have some judgment on that. Have some judgment, okay. All right. So anyway, so you see my point? And so it's really how fast, and sometimes you're driving, and you know, you're going to 67, and you go, Man, he didn't even, you're looking to see if he comes back after you, right? Yeah. Well, it must be 67 is good today because I didn't get. <laughs> now, now, see, right, it, it's, it's sort of funny. I mean, you, really the speed limit, it, it, I know it's 55. Well, see, even the policemen don't believe it's 55. Even the policeman don't believe it's 55 because he doesn't give you a ticket at 55. If he believed it's 55, he'd give you his ticket at 56, wouldn't he? Yeah. Right? So how we relate, where are we going? We treat the Bible like that. That's exactly how we treat the Bible. How much can I go? Well, it don't really mean that. No, no, I know what it says. They don't mean that. And so we treat it like a speed limit to us. How fast can I go? And still, you know, I'm pretty close to believing what it said. Pretty close. There's nothing really wrong. Ain't really what God meant. Come on, it's all changed. He wrote the Bible years ago, and things have changed. Culture's changed. That's a lie. God's word is good then. It's good now. It'll be good in the year 3000, if there's a year 3000. It's not going to change. His word is not going to change. You want it to, but it ain't going to change. Trust me on that. I don't, I, we, we can't. Um, some people, I've even heard ministers say, well, I know, what the, I know what Jesus said, but that ain't really what he meant. Oh, my, oh, just give me, oh, I mean, give me a hammer and hit somebody. How in the world do you know what Jesus meant? Think about people say that. Preach, real, legitimate men of God say, well, that, 
Here's what Jesus really meant when he said that. Uh-uh. If he said it, that's what he meant. We try to change the speed limit. We try to go a little fast, a little bit slow. We try to take away from it. That's, that's how we live. That's how we live. How can you believe the Bible if you've never even read all of it? How can you do that? Now, I'm talking to me and you, not, not just talking to you. Our doctrine, as we taught, is found in the epistles from Romans to Philemon. Romans, 1st, 2nd Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, 1st and 2nd Thessalonians, 1st and 2nd Timothy, Titus, and Philemon. Those 13 epistles are our doctrine. Apostle Paul, our apostle, the Bible says, our apostle, Paul, wrote those under the inspiration of the Holy Ghost. Is the Holy Ghost and Holy Spirit the same? Is is Holy Ghost and Holy Spirit the same? Of course he is. Anyway, anyway, glory to God. Yeah, there's no difference in those two. I just want you to understand that. The, these, these doctrine here in those 13 epistles that Paul wrote to us, that is our doctrine. Now, we have a devil, we have a Satan, he, he is he is a created being, he was a cherub. Not an angel per se. He was a cherub, which is around the throne of God, very high position. He's very subtle. Is he, has he gotten to y'all in your marriage lately? Maybe not him personally, but he, has he sent somebody that sort of messed your marriage up a little bit? He's so, man, he, he's so conniving. He's so wise. He's so deceitful. He'll come in, he'll... He loves to take this word and mess it up. A new version, a new version, a new, a new perversion, a new perversion, a new perversion. If he can change this word up, that's awesome. And you won't even know the difference. Oh, I love reading my Bible. It's easy to read. Well, yeah, that's why he did it that way. He, he's, he, 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 that's who our enemy, that's who we fight. The absolute truth is the word of God. Now listen, no matter what I say today, I don't care how many mistakes I make or what you disagree with. Let me make this very plain. I, in my hand, have a King James Bible, the Cambridge edition, and I'm telling you, this is the final authority. This Word of God is the final authority. Not me. Not what I say. This is the final authority. We can discuss it. We can have different points of view about it. Right? We, we can. But this is, this is it. What says here, it, it, you can't go beyond that. We try to make sure we understand. We have to see if you don't have a final authority, what you got? Who, where are you going to go? You got to have a final authority, and it is God's word, His written and inspired word. Now, question is: Are we supposed to follow Paul? Are we supposed to follow Paul? Y'all don't listen good, do you? What's the Bible say? What's the Bible say? Well, let's just see what the Bible says. Do we agree the Bible is the final authority? Does anybody disagree with that? Raise your hand. Then you, I'll show you the door. I mean, we'll, we'll put a pot nut on your head or something. It is a final authority. I'm not going to show you the door. You just stay here and learn. But anyway, turn to 1 Corinthians 4.16. 1 Corinthians 4.16. Who wrote Corinthians? 
Wherefore I beseech you, be ye followers of me. Well, he just said it. Go to 1 Corinthians 11. 1 Corinthians 11. One. Be ye followers of me, even as I also am of Christ. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. So Paul is following Christ. That's what the Bible says. And so he says, now you follow me. Don't you think we should follow somebody who's following Christ? All right, let's try one more. Go to, uh, well, let's go to 1 Thessalonians 2.13. 1 Thessalonians 2.13. This is going to explain why we do this. Why, do we, why is it important to believe? I mean, I got faith. I'm saved. No problem with that. 1 Thessalonians 2.13. For this cause also thank we God without ceasing, because when you received the word of God, which you heard of us, you received it not as the word of men, but as it is in truth. The word of God, here it is, which effectually worketh also in you that believe. You have to believe if you want the word to work. If you don't believe the word, you want to wind it working. That's why I stress with you to make sure you got the word. Make sure, make sure you got the real word. Don't be looking at some other fake word and, and wonder why things didn't work. I could preach on that as well, too, but I won't today. <clears throat> the Bible says to study, to show yourself to prove unto God. Workmen need not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. You don't wrongly divide it, but Paul said to rightly divide. Rightly divide this word. And y'all have seen how you rightly divide, how it clears the scripture up. Now you don't go, well, Jesus said this, and Paul said, and once you learn how to rightly divide, it all makes sense. Makes tremendous sense. Anyway, so let's look at a couple of things that we need to believe. Go to 2 Corinthians 5 1. 2 Corinthians 5 1. But we know that if our earthly house of this tabernacle were dissolved, we have a building of God and house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. Your eternity is going to be spent in heaven. Not going to be back on the earth. And I might preach that next week. About how I might do that, maybe skip a week anyway. I'm working on that one. But you're going to live eternally in the heavens. The Bible said that. Heavenly places is where you're going to be. If you're a believer. Make sure to say, if you are a Christian, if you are a believer, if you're not a believer, you're going to have eternity somewhere else. And it's going to be very hot, and you're going to be tortured the rest of your life. So you don't want to go there. Amen? Did y'all believe that? Well, I don't know. I don't really know. We're going to come back to earth. We're going to come back with the angels. We're going to fight and be, de de defeat the Antichrist. Well, it says right there, the house made with hands eternal in the heavens. Eternity as believers in the body of Christ today You'll be, today, you'll be in heavenly places. Romans 14, 21. See if you believe this one. Romans 14, 21. Check your speed limit. Romans 14, 21. 
Bible says, It is good neither to eat flesh, nor to drink wine, nor anything whereby thy brother stumbleth, or is offended, or is made weak. If you go to 1 Timothy 5.23, the Bible says, Don't drink any water. He says a little wine is good for your stomach and your ailments. So which one is it? Paul told Timothy, don't drink any water. Drink a little wine for your stomach and your, and your infirmities, your ailments. You know, I don't know about you. Uh, I, I'm not, this, you know, I, he ain't talking about grape juice. And the, the question is, a little. How much is a little? Is it like a glass? How much is a little wine? Is it a half a cup? Is it a liter? I think we'd agree a liter is not, is not a little. When we agree a liter, a quart, I mean, you know, at one sitting, that's a little much. I mean, I'm not judging anybody. I'm just talking about, I mean, about a little bit. And don't y'all really believe? I'm going to ask you this. How many of y'all believe that just a little wine, let's say a half a cup, is good for your body? How many of y'all believe that? Two-thirds of us do. I didn't, I, didn't say no, no, I didn't say no pint. I mean, you understand? I mean, anyway, they talk about the different antioxidants and stuff like that in it. But here he goes, well, wait a minute. I can't, I can't eat meat. I can't drink wine or do anything whereby thy brother stumbleth. What's he talking about? He's talking about other believers. You need to be aware. Like, we know, I ain't going to say any names on this, but like, this man, he, he's a souse man. He just gets loaded and wasted every night, you know. About a, he drinks about a, about a fifth, all right. But then he's quit all of a sudden. He said, I'm, I'm, I'm going to quit. I'm stopping. Or he comes to my house. Would it be right for me to pop a top and have a few? No, because I could cause him to stumble. Right? That's just being decent, a decent human being. And still, it's just good for me to just have a little, right? So the hard part about alcohol is you don't know when you you drink a little bit, and all of a sudden you don't all of a sudden you don't feel intoxicated. I think most of us have had know something about that. You have one or two, and all of a, and all of a sudden the buzz is gone, and so then you drink four or five more. You see, so then all, you don't even know when you're drunk, right? I mean. That, that's, that's, a, that's a question you have to deal with. I'm not fussing anybody. I'm just trying to. There are things we shouldn't do. If we're going to cause a believer to stumble, if you think that might cause them to stumble, you might want to choose where you go to eat. We shouldn't go to a bar, you know, with, with so-and-so because it, it might not be good. It might bring back old memories. We need to be aware of our brothers and sisters in Christ. Do you believe this? Yeah, let's see how we do then. Romans 16, 17. Try these in order. Romans 16, 17. The Bible says, Now I beseech you, brethren, mark them which cause divisions and offenses contrary to the doctrine which you have learned, and avoid them. 
You ever been around somebody that just always got something going on and speaking against, bad, negative, you know, criticizing and and you just got bad things said about the preacher? You know what I'm saying? Or you, whatever. You know what I'm talking about? Well, you're supposed to avoid them. The Bible says avoid them. Y'all see that? Don't, don't deal with that. If somebody comes to me and says about one of y'all and starts saying something bad about y'all, I'm going to fix it. Did you talk to them? Well, no, I just want to tell you. No, 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 you talk to them. Ain't that right? You know it's right. When you want them to talk to you, say somebody gets something wrong, go talk to him. Go, go, go tell him. Most every time you can work it out. If people will talk, you can work it out. You don't work it out when they don't talk. They don't talk because they don't want to work it out. Right? We're Christians, man. We, have, we forgive one another. Right? We forgive. That's one of the beauties of Je- Jesus Christ forgave you of all your sin, and you can't forgive somebody that just said something wrong to you. What is wrong with you? He forgave all of your sin. I mean, you, and we've done some pretty bad ones. We've done some pretty bad ones. And then you're going to hold something against somebody and not forgive them. I, 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 it'll, it'll get worked out one day, but surely, surely the goodness you don't live that way. Surely you can't afford to live that way. It's too painful. Ephesians 2, 4. Ephesians 2, 4. But God, who is rich in mercy for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ by grace, you're saved, and has raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Do you believe 8 and 9? All right, don't raise your hand. But Can we talk? Can we talk? And I'm not, I'm not, oh please, gee, I'm not being critical of anybody. If you think that, then you're, there's something wrong with you. If you think what I'm saying, I'm criticizing anybody here, anybody listening, then there's something wrong with you because that is not what I'm doing. If you pay attention to me, I can, you'll, you'll learn. <clears throat> in the back of your mind, babe, way back here, way back in there, what's in the back? Your medulla umbligata, what's back in the back? Huh? Something back in there. How many of you still think, even though you'll say this, oh, I'm, by grace I'm saved, no works involved whatsoever, but how many of you still think, now be, don't raise your hand, don't raise your hand, but boy, if I just got baptized. You may say, oh, I don't believe that, but I'm telling you, don't, you think I ever think that? Do you think I ever think that, well, I think, I sure would be. See, y'all lying to you. You're just lying. 
You know baptism has got nothing to do with your salvation, right? But it makes you feel better. Doesn't it? Don't y'all feel better when you do it? Have y'all, how many of y'all, didn't you feel better when you got baptized? But see, so see, in our minds, we still, I'm, and I'm talking about grace believers, we still believe that's part of it because Jesus said do it, which that wasn't talking to us, he's talking to the Jews. But we still think that. It's still because we have to do something. We, just, we can't take it if we realize by grace we're saved through faith, not of works, it's a gift of God. It can't be that easy. I got to do something. And y'all know you think it, because I know I think it. So do I really believe it? Well, yeah, sort of, I guess. I'm trying to get y'all to see what you really believe. I wonder how many of us, if I, if I were God, which I'm not, because to Brenda I'm close. Anyway, but if I, <laughs> she ain't in here. She's over the kids anyway. But if, if, if Jesus could be there and look in your heart, could you really look at him? Could you? I'm asking you, could you look at him and say, Jesus, I know I'm saved totally by grace and my faith in the death, burial, and resurrection, how you died, the death, burial, and resurrection of you. I, that's all that's required. And you could stand right there and look Jesus right now and tell him that. Nothing else required. I don't feel there's anything else required. If he stand right there in front of you, because he's going to know, he's going to go, Gary, no, you still, you still want to be dunked, man. I'm not being critical of anybody. I'm not being critical. Do y'all understand that? I want you to see, what do we really believe? It's got to be something else I've got to do. You mean just by faith and believing that? I'm saved? Yeah. What the Bible says, do you believe that? Go to Philippians 4, 6 and 7. Philippians 4, 6 and 7. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God, and the peace of God which passeth all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. If you believe that right there, you'll have constant peace. You'd have constant peace if you believe that. Be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. That's a promise he just made. If you do what he said, you're going to have the peace of God beyond all understanding. How many of y'all walk in perfect peace every day? I don't, we're not, we don't believe this. We're not doing it. If we really believed it, and y'all know sometimes, you've ex- haven't y'all been in a tough spot and then and gotten peace? And you go like, why am I? I shouldn't have peace right now. I've had people tell me, you're not worried. I've had people talk to my face, you're not worried, are you? No. What's wrong with you? What's, what's wrong with you? You can have perfect peace. Don't say you can't. See, is this what happens? Well, I don't really, I don't know. I don't really believe that. I, I, I don't know. I don't feel that way. And see, if you if you ever believe it can't happen, it ain't gonna happen. You have to believe it's possible because he said it. 
How's he got peace? There are people in this room right here now, and I'm looking at one of them, and I know what he's been through, and he's had peace beyond anybody else in this room. He could have died three times. Probably should have died. You know, if you look at the statistics, had peace the entire time. Talking about being a testimony. If you can't look at him and, get a, and go, my gosh, look what he did. I got nothing to be concerned about. A testimony, you just see it. He's lived through it. There's several people in this room who've lived through things that they probably should have died. They're still here today. Some of them eating candy. Well, I'm looking at them. The candy looks good. I can't explain how it all works. I don't know how it works. But I, I know I need to trust him. Next time you're in a bad spot, call me. I'll say, have you prayed? Well, no, I was trying to sort of fix it, you know. <clears throat> With all this that happened. And me and there's another, there's another brother in here, we talked about it. And uh, we, we talked about how hard it is when really bad stuff happens. Sometimes prayer's not the first thing on your mind. I mean, I ain't going to lie. You know, you know, you got to. <clears throat> Colossians 2.13. Colossians 2.13. And you being dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh, hath he quickened together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses. If you believe that, why do you keep asking God to forgive you? If you believe that, the Bible says he's forgiven all your sins. Well, you just meant up to like yesterday. That's not what the Bible says. All your sins have been forgiven. And I wonder, I mean, I'm not, I just wonder what Jesus thinks. Here comes Gary asking me to forgive him again. I already forgave him. Hey, Gary, remember I died on the cross for you? Remember that? I got nailed to the cross and I died, poked in the side, beat and spit on. Remember all? I wonder how that really, how he feels about that. All your sins have been forgiven. Do you believe that or not? Well, not that one. No, not that one. It says all of them are forgiven. If you believe that, then why do you keep going saying, God, oh, please forgive me? Now I can make somebody mad and say, well, that's different. Hey, man, forgive me. I shouldn't have said that. You know, I shouldn't have, I shouldn't have made fun. Right? That's different. But asking God to forgive all your sins, you can do it, but there's no point in it. Once you're born again, once you've received the application of blood on your life, on all your sin, your sins are forgiven. Do you believe that? Well, sort of. Let's do this, and let's do a real good one here so we can really get, get jacked up for lunch. Let's do, let's do, do, do 2 Thessalonians 3. 2 Thessalonians 3, 14. This is all right. What's your speed limit? 2 Thessalonians 3, 14, 15. The Bible says, And if any man obey not our word by this epistle, note that man and have no company with him, that he may be ashamed. Yet count him not as an enemy, but admonish him as a brother. See, the whole point, when somebody, when you see somebody living in sin, doing things that you know are displeasing to God, it's, you, can shame, you can get away from them, but your whole point is to try to bring them back in relationship. You're trying to restore somebody, right? 
a long time ago, there were, some of y'all remember this. There's a guy in this church, and, 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 I, and during the service, I walked him out the door. Any of y'all hear that happen? No, I went with some, well, Ray, who was here? Just you? Just to a couple? Yeah, I, I went back and uh, I told me he's going. And, and uh, I walked him out the back door and then said, don't come back again. And then I found out, I, I didn't know what was going on, but I, he told me he was trying to hurt the church. He was praying all kinds of bad stuff, and he said, whatever you said, you call it out, and I was right. So he's been restored now, but said, you know, I, my goal is not to, not, not to just kick somebody out. But he was shamed out, and then he came to his senses, and then he's okay. Make sense? You, you want to always restore somebody. You don't want to just get rid of somebody and, and, and be done with them. Amen? Now, 1 Timothy 3. 1 Timothy 3. <clears throat> 2. Oh, we, we started one, yeah. 1 Timothy. Who wrote Timothy? Who wrote Timothy? Oh. This is the true saying. If a man desires the office of a bishop... He desires a good work. A bishop then must be blameless, the husband of one wife, vigilant, sober, of good behavior, given to hospitality, apt to teach, not given to wine, no striker, not greedy of filthy lucre, but patient, not a broiler, not covetous, one that rules well his own house, having his children in subjection with all gravity. For if a man know not how to rule his own house, how shall he take care of the church of God? Not a novice, lest being lifted up with pride, he fall into the condemnation of the devil. This right here are the qualifications of a bishop, of an elder. Our church, we are, el we are, we are elder based. Our government here is elders. We don't, there's no denomination we answer to. We have elders here who are responsible for making decisions for the church. These are the qualifications for those elders. And if any of y'all can say that elders here don't have these qualifications, there's something wrong with you. They meet these qualifications. Now you say, well, yeah, big deal, though. What's it got to do with me? If you are a man in this church, that should be what you're striving to, to accomplish. That should be your goal of how you should be living your life. Right? Right? Whether you're an elder or not, that's what you should be looking at. This is, this is, this is the most, these are upright men in the body of Christ. This is what I should be trying to attain right here as a man of God. How you act. Got nothing to do with your salvation. We're saved. We're talking about how you conduct your life. How you conduct your life. Verse 7. Moreover, he must have a good report of them which are without lest he fall into reproach and the snare of the devil. Here we go. Likewise, must the deacons be grave, not double-tongued, not given to much wine, not greedy of filthy lucre, have, holding the mystery of faith in a pure conscience. And let these also be first proved. Then let them use the office of a deacon being found blameless. Well, listen. First of all, can you have a male bishop? I mean, a female bishop. Can you have a female elder? Can you have a female deacon? You can't be the husband. I don't like that, you say. Well, take it up with God. I didn't write the book. We got that settled. We need to understand that. Here's what I saw was interesting as I was studying this. 
Then I come to the next verse. Verse 11. Even so must their wives be grave, not slanderous, sober, faithful in all things. Let the deacons be the husbands of one wife, ruling their children and their own house as well. I come to this, I said, you understand that for you to be a bishop, an elder, a deacon, your wife has to meet certain, com- certain qualifications. Do you see that? Did you ever really see? I, I, I guess I sort of saw it, but never read it. So you can, be, you can have all the qualifications as a, as a man, as a husband. And you also say, I mean, this, you need to be married. Right? Because it says a husband. It's a husband. You say, well, that doesn't make any sense. What well, does to me? Once you got married and a family, didn't you change as a man? You see a lot of things different, right? You've got all kinds of stuff to juggle and, get, and keep going on, right? It changes how you run things. When you're on your own, you do all kinds of stuff. And, and, and if I'm saying anything wrong here, you come tell me. We get done, they say, I didn't agree with all that. We'll, we'll sit down and talk about it. <clears throat> and I don't, I don't believe either it's talk about the husband of one wife. I don't believe that's talk about you can't be divorced. I don't believe that. Back then, they had polygamy going on a lot, and I, I think it, I, all Paul had to say is you couldn't be divorced. Husband of one wife never divorced, but he didn't say it, husband of one wife. Don't get into some of this, those people going through this legal slide over here. But look at this. <clears throat> I try to, I said, well, okay, what about the wives here? What's grave mean? If you're going to be a great, if you're a wife, you're going to be grave. What does that mean? It means solid, serious. What's a slanderer? It's when you injure somebody. You spread rumors. You're malicious with prejudice. You're intentional. Sober. That don't mean not, <laughs> doesn't mean not drunk. Sober means not mad. I mean, insane. Calm. And I love this. I'm looking at this 1828 dictionary. I love this last one. Not under the influence of passion. So when you get all jacked up and you're letting your emotions drive you, right? You, you know, sometimes, sometimes as husbands, right, we have different responsibilities to calm things down, right? Because emotions can run high, right? I mean, I'm not, that's just, we, we're made differently. Men and women are made differently. But they're right, I, I never, I said, not under the influence of passion. The last one was faithful. What's faithful mean to you? He's talking about the wives now. What's faithful? Are you faithful? Are you faithful? Are you faithful? What is it? Loyal. Are you faithful? Tell me how you're faithful. Anybody at all? True. Constant. Loyal. Those are definitions. So how do you determine faithfulness in someone? If, 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 if you're trying to, if we're, let's just suppose. Let's suppose we're going to pick out another elder, and we evaluate, okay, then we go to the wife. How do we determine if she's faithful or not? Come to church, serve. 
Does she mean she's not cheating on her husband? I mean, that, I mean. So see, do you believe this or not? No, I think we could have female deacons. I think it's no problem to have a female. That's not female pastors. You're not going to lose your salvation if you go to a church that has a female pastor. You're not going to lose your salvation, but you're out of order. How it's all going to work out? You're not going to lose your salvation, crying out loud. Right? Y'all are not that dumb, are you? You're not going to lose it. But that's not how the Bible has prescribed it. <clears throat> What's the deal? Every man in here should strive to meet those qualifications. Every wife, every husband, every wife should be trying, striving to keep all those qualifications I'm grave, I'm not slanderous, I'm sober, and I'm faithful. That is your wife. Because you could be a man in here, you could be a husband that's qualified for eldership, and your wife disqualifies you. I mean, right? All right? And you could, be a, you could have the best wife in the world. All these qualifications, and you're not, not meeting your side. Either way, I'm not blaming anybody. But it's pretty funny. Why, why, would, why think God put these rules down? These people are ruling in the church. These people are governing the body of Christ. There's no home church right here. They're governing the body of Christ. They need to be upright. Good families. Are they perfect? Absolutely not. Not giving them much wine. You can drink a little wine. Do you see that? Read the Bible for what it says. Don't twist it around and make it something that isn't just because somebody told you. And like, if, if I've said something wrong, will you just take your Bible and do what it says? Is that fair enough? Just take, well, he ain't, and go from that part. <clears throat> you can't believe what you don't know. You can't believe what you don't know. Some people say it might be an issue. Well, you're telling me to, you're telling me to follow Paul. Well, that's like living under the law. If i got to follow Paul, I'm going to be under the law. Where would that come from? Where would that come from? I understand, I understand it. You understand it, right? If, you give, if, if he's giving me certain things to follow, well, he's following Christ. Is he under the law? No. So if I'm going to follow him and he ain't under the law, then I'm not under the law. See, here's what happens. Here we go. This is for the people listening probably. That's a big problem with grace believers today. They think once they're saved, ain't got to do anything else. I'm saved. I'm going to heaven. I ain't got to go to church. ain't got to do this. ain't got to give. ain't got to do that. Nothing. I ain't got to do anything. I'm good. I ain't got to hang out for fellowship after church. I'm going to go on home. Forget all you guys. I got the better stuff to do. When the, body, when the instructions are plain that we should be together to fellowship. And grace comes in there and just, and just we, we, we go and get grace and we try to make it like a, it just, now we got to do nothing anymore. There's nothing required. I'll tell you this, and you, we're already done with it, whatever. If you gave unto grace, you'd give a whole lot more than 10%. If you truly gave unto grace, you'd give away more than 10%. If you gave unto grace. If you gave if you, as you prospered. Grace is... is grace. Grace, apparently, you, Jesus said, my grace is sufficient. 
Paul said, please, 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 get this off of me. Get, I, I, he said, my grace is sufficient. His grace is sufficient. Don't take grace to me. Well, I ain't got to go to church. I ain't got to do this. I ain't, ain't got to read my Bible anymore. Right? I'm saved. I ain't got to do any of that stuff. I probably, I participated in probably four different, four different groups of men teaching, rather dividing, uh, Alabama, Chicago, Columbus, and someplace in California, all during the week at nighttime. Some of them, some of them don't come on until 10 o'clock because in California, it's 7, it's 10 o'clock here. And I see all these people on there. Some of them, have, they get some, as many as 60 people watching. They don't go to church. I don't know how that's all going to work out. I know you can learn stuff. And actually, and one of the guys, one of the, one of the men I, that I really admire a lot, I was asking him about stuff, you know, and y'all don't know everything about what's going on, but I said, how, how are you financially? How are things are going financially? And he said, if it were not for the online givers, I'd have shut the doors. He said, but thank God for the online givers. That's where it is today. See, under grace, oh, I ain't got to do anything. Man, make no difference. I'm good. I'm good to go. Well, one day you'll get to talk about that with the Lord. Amen? you get to talk about problems. Maybe not. I don't know how it all works out. But don't let grace come in. Why? Well, then what's the point? Why do, we, why do we follow Paul? What is the point? Why, if he's following Christ, why do we follow him? The law, if you, the law was to illustrate sin. The law was given so you would know you're in sin. Right? There's a whole purpose because you can't, so you can't meet the law. Well, see, today you know the law is not under the law to follow Paul. We're not trying to find out what your sin is, so why do we do it? We do it so we can have a better life here on earth. Like picking the rulers in the, the governing body of the church, we want to have the right men involved in that. We don't be in disarray and all out of order, right? It, it, helps, it helps our walk. It helps us have a more happy, more peaceful life. It bring, we're able to bring salvation to others. There's so many things we can do. It just, just the joy, if it's in and of itself right there. Helps us come to the knowledge of the truth. If we're following Paul, then we're coming to the knowledge of the truth if we're doing what he said. No law involved in that. I'm doing it out of grace. I'm doing it out of grace. He teaches us if we walk, if we follow him, he teaches us how to restore those that are lost, those that are out of God's will, to bring them back into the body, to bring them back and restore them back into the body. You follow me? Bring them out of their sin. That's what he's trying to show us. Tremendous value in following him, but there's no law involved in that. You can choose or not choose. It has no effect. You don't have to do anything Paul said. He said, believe the gospel of grace. You ain't got to do that either. You can go to hell if you want to. You, see, all these are choices you get to make. I think, I mean, I think I'll go to hell. I think, it, who wants to choose that? Who would choose that? Lots of people do. I've heard people even talk about it. You know where you're going to go when you die? I'm going to hell. I know it. I've had some of y'all talk to me about that in here. People in your family who said they told you that they're going to hell and they know it. I don't. I'm not sure they really got a grasp, a grip, a, a grasp on what they're saying. 
please, we need to follow Paul. What's your speed limit? Don't take God's word and try to make it like a 55 mile an hour speed limit. And I'm going to go 60, I'm going to go 70, and I'm not going to get caught. You don't, don't do that. Take his word for what it is. Take it literally whenever you can, and you'll be good. Following Paul is a choice. What you believe is a choice. You get to choose what you believe. You can believe some of what I said today. You can believe none of what I said today. You get to choose all of that. That's what God has done for us, but Jesus died on the cross. You get to choose. It's your choice that you get to make. Please make the right one. Please. God said he desired all men to be saved and that we would all come to the knowledge of the truth. Following Paul is not going to affect your salvation, but it will definitely affect your life as a husband and as a father and as a wife and as a mother and as a child, as a grandparent, following what he has prescribed in his 13 epistles will make you a better person and make you a better witness. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.